0: Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Brewer Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined by no one today. Tracy Pearson is on assignment or trapped under something heavy. Maybe both. Who knows? Sometimes when you're on assignment, you do indeed get trapped under something heavy. It is the uh, everyday challenge of being a journalist this day and age. Um, just heavy, heavy things falling on you all the time, like grand pianos in a cartoon. Um, so, you know, our best wishes go out to Tracy, um, and his, uh, you know, ability to get out from under, um, the grand piano. Um, I am coming to you the day after, uh, UCLA fell under its own grand piano of sorts, uh, losing to Arizona in Tucson, uh, by 10, 76, 66. I want to touch on kind of everything about the game, um, what the implications are, um, you know, how significant this is for seeding and all of that. Um, fundamentally, um, I think it was, it was not UCLA's best game in the last uh, two weeks. Um, I think the effort uh, to make Cronin's point afterwards, I think um, it wasn't bad. Like, I think he was um, maybe a little bit uh, heated after the game. Um, I don't think they were awful from an intensity level um, in the first half. They just—it was it was noticeable how different it was between UCLA and Arizona. Arizona came into the game with—well, um, uh, essentially what it was is I think this was a must-win for the psyche of that team and the psyche of that fan base. And so they came in with that mentality. Like, that was the most charged up I think I've seen Arizona all year. Um, and it led to some mistakes. Like, they were making some turnovers that were not forced. Um, but also, I think it um, their defensive— uh, intensity, uh, the way they were just going after, um, UCLA's, uh, shooters and just contesting everything. Uh, they made life hell, uh, particularly for Tiger Campbell. Um, it was just very, very hard to deal with their length when you combine it with their level of activity. Um, it's just, uh, that makes it very, very challenging if UCLA is not shooting well and they weren't shooting well. Um, but again, a lot of that was due to the intensity. Uh, UCLA, I think, could have withstood that initial um, uh, barrage from Arizona a little bit better if their intensity had matched it, but it wasn't quite there. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think uh, Jaime was clearly not 100%. Um, He was moving around well enough, but he didn't have the explosion that he had in the first matchup between these two teams. Um, I mean, he wasn't out there blocking any shots, um, and he wasn't getting the kind of elevation he got in that game. Um, and then, uh, I think Johnny Juzang looked, I, I I won't say, um, I think I did say rusty. I don't even know if it was rusty. He just looked a little out of sorts, a little out of rhythm. And what I thought was noticeably different was when you watched, um, the games last week with Jake Kaiman playing, watching him run through the screens on the baseline versus what Johnny does. Johnny does a lot of, um, clever movement. He does a lot of, uh, trying to, you know, juke and jive to get himself open, kaiman i think because of the way he plays uh in that way where he's not like desperate to get the ball um he's just doing the thing and so he's like sprinting on the baseline which is more tiring and it runs the guys into screens harder um and it makes it more of a chore to defend um whereas you know Johnny Juzang's clever movement and everything is good and it you know if you're on defense and you got a jitterbug to cover him uh that's you know not exactly easy um but it, it didn't look like it was quite as hard um as uh what Kaiman was forcing defenders to do and that's not to say that Kaimen's a superior offensive player he's not um but there are some things that you can see okay maybe that is a difference that um helped to exhaust some teams last week and made the um, the, the defense look a lot better because that's I mean all this stuff is combined there's a reason Ben Howland's offense looked the way it looked um, with all those like staggered baseline screens because it was all married to his defense he wanted his defense to uh, be able to shut teams down and how do you do that make sure those uh those offensive players when they come down to your side of the floor already have tired legs make them defend for 25 seconds and make them defend hard stuff like you know a lot of screening, a lot of, um, a lot of body on body. So, um, there were some differences. Um, and I think Juzang was maybe just not quite, um, in the same rhythm as the team got towards the end of last week. Um, but uh, those were, um, each kind of minor. I think mainly it was just the overall lack of, um, that same championship level intensity that not only UCLA displayed last week, but that Arizona brought to this game. um, that uh, put them in such a hole in the first half that, it, um, you know, they eventually do climb out of it. But um, it was a real hole and it made it so that um, the eventual comeback just couldn't quite get there. Um, and I think the reason for that, um, from the intensity standpoint, I think there were I think it was the classic road game stuff. Um, and this is where, like, I know people are um, upset about the officiating and that's totally the province of, of you know fandom and and it it truly it was unfair like i don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm poo-pooing that idea the the officiating was bad and it was one-sided however that's what you should expect in tucson in that kind of raucous environment i mean the pac-12 refs are not good you got to build that into your equation and they're going to call it one way at home um particularly in that sort of setting um and so uh I think UCLA may have been taken out a little bit by that, but I think UCLA was also, um, you know, that was a really raucous home environment. Um, and that was, uh, you know, I, I think this had um, a big game feel in a way that um, really the, only the NCAA tournament can match. Um, I don't think um, these guys had experienced it uh, to that extent this year. Um, they had had the home advantage, But, like, the closest thing from a road perspective would be the Marquette game, and I don't think that felt the same way this one did. Um, And uh, I think because their lack of intensity—I won't say lack of intensity. It was um, because of their lower intensity, their relatively lower intensity than Arizona um, at the beginning of the game, they allowed Arizona to develop too much of a rhythm, which then led to them coming out to a lead. It would be one thing if UCLA had— come into it with a level of intensity and they could keep the crowd out of it or at least um, keep Arizona pressing but they made it a little too easy at the beginning for Arizona and then things kind of snowballed so that was I mean the first half I mean Arizona did a lot of um, I thought really smart things Tommy Lloyd I think uh, showed his chops um, strategically um, some of the tactical switches they did Um, after trying out uh, Matherin on uh, Campbell in the second half last week Mathurin was already really tired at that point, but um, after trying that out, they did that to start the game um, in this one, and it really seemed to disrupt and make uh, Tiger uncomfortable, um, but also just kind of disrupted the offense. Like, last week, UCLA, what it was doing was constantly disrupting what other teams wanted to do offensively, like just taking away their fastball, and I thought Arizona made a really clever adjustment to do that in this one. By by kind of putting athletic length on Tiger, you're screwing up a lot of uh, UCLA's ability to create. That's why you saw so much Jaime on the ball um, that you really haven't seen that much of um, uh, recently this season um, because it just it it wasn't really working with uh, Tiger initiating, uh, especially in the first half. Um, and then the high-low stuff that Arizona was doing, they were desperate to get the ball inside um, and use their length. Um, the guys, I thought their guys came with a much better attitude in this one and came with a, well, we're a lot taller and bigger than you, and so we're going to dominate you. And I don't think UCLA matched it. I thought um, one uh, a personnel thing that I think Cronin may have um, misjudged in this one was The amount he played Cody Riley versus Miles Johnson, I think given how much um, uh, Arizona was uh, working the bigs in this one, I think you had to play uh, Miles Johnson a little bit more just to get his length out there on defense. Uh, Yeah, he's not going to give you what you need offensively, um, but frankly, Cody Riley wasn't really in this one either. In fact, his offense, uh, you could make an argument, was... um, the problem at the very end of the game. Um, but uh, Miles Johnson, he, even when he was in there, uh, you could see the impact he was making with his length. Um, he blocked a three pointer, um, and he, he got some key rebounds. Uh, this would have been a game where, and I'm not saying you got to play him half the time with Cody, but he played nine minutes. He probably should have played 15 to 18, um, just to give give Riley a little bit more rest, but also just, uh, give Arizona a different look that they have to adjust to because his length, um, would have been uh, more of a challenge for Arizona to score around in the interior. Um, but those, I, I mean, that was it. Was some smart coaching from um, from Tommy Lloyd. Uh, Tabellis looked healthier than he did last week. He was a little bit quicker, and I, I, well, I don't know how much of that is true or how much of it was just the relative um, uh, quickness deficiency that Jaime had in this game because of his own ankle. Um, because Jaime looked a lot worse moving uh in this one and Tabellus maybe looked a little bit better but because they were on each other um it looked uh like an advantage for Tabellus in this one um and that's how you know jaime's not right because that shouldn't be a advantage tabellas in any uh in any real way um but yeah that high low stuff was really hard uh i thought so ucla um i think came in with a with you know uh kind of yeah i wouldn't say the exact same game plan as the previous week but pretty similar. Um, and then the second half, I thought they made some clever adjustments of their own. Um, I thought the, the sagging, um, on the non-shooters for Arizona or the, um, unlikely shooters for Arizona was smart and probably the only way to deal with that high-low stuff. Um, they kept just kind of dropping a guard down, um, up top and not, um, showing at all, especially when it was like Balo up top, um, which left, a. You know, if anybody had been able to hit a mid-range for Arizona, that would have been devastating. Or if, um, you know, one of those non-shooters had just gotten weirdly hot. Uh, but it worked out, um, and I thought that was uh, a good switch. They started to press a little bit more in the second half, which um, I think was a response to all of that big-to-big stuff. Um, see if they can get them sped up and see if they can, you know, force Arizona to go smaller. Um, which I think worked to an extent. Um, and uh, I-, I think it was all... Um, you know, I think they were all some some nice adjustments. And then uh, the big thing uh, in the second half is I think uh, given the deficit, uh, Cronin was thinking, well, we'll just go for broke and let's crash the offensive glass, too. And I don't think Arizona was expecting it because UCLA suddenly got like, I don't know, in the first couple of minutes of the second half, it was like six or seven offensive rebounds. Um, and uh, that that changed the tone a little bit. Um, and then, uh, you know, Arizona uh, shifted things and started to cover its own defensive glass a little bit better, but it also slowed the game down uh, weirdly. Cause I was thinking, Oh, if they go to the offensive glass, Arizona is going to respond to that with transition. Um, but I think Lloyd being, um, I-, I think he really needed this win. So he went a little bit more conservative with it and just, okay, we're going to, you know, have more numbers on our defensive glass, clean that up. And then, um, that the result was they weren't actually getting out in transition much more. Um, if he'd been aggressive, he could have gone with, okay, well, let's stick still just our one big back there, but let's start leaking out in transition and try to try to really get him. Um, so it was an interesting, I think, chess match. I think it was two really good coaches kind of um, trying to figure out the best formula. Um, and what was most interesting about that second half is it almost worked uh, for UCLA, even with all of the um, uh, completely legitimate, but like, Um, I'm not meaning to denigrate Arizona by saying it, but like with all the like built in home court advantage stuff that Arizona had, I mean, UCLA had a home court advantage last week, so I'm not like trying to denigrate it. But, um, even with all of that, UCLA was, you know, three points away, um, uh, with minutes to go in the game. Um, and like I wrote in the, uh, recap, if one or two things just go right rather than wrong, if, um, if tiger campbell with eight minutes left hits the front end if jaime haquez doesn't um commit the phantom offensive foul if Kara creesa decides not to flop right there um the game might change um it might be completely different if cody riley um goes up quick instead of kind of trying to gather himself before he tries to lay it up uh it's a different game um maybe it's a two-point game with uh with three minutes to go um there's just there's so many different things that could happen and Um, Credit Arizona because they made momentum swinging plays when they needed them in the same way that UCLA kind of does has made a habit of doing where you've you've watched now UCLA play in a lot of big games um, where they're always the one making the, you know, the big critical play at the critical moment. This one was Arizona. Um, So you have to give them credit. I mean, they made some key blocks on Cody Riley. They made him uncomfortable. Um, in that final stretch uh where he took three straight shots um while the lead went from you know it was 65 61 i think and then it was 70 to 61 um with riley missing three shots and then getting a foul um and uh you know cronin talked about it afterwards there were some fouls that were dumb like just uh, god why'd you do that and the one with riley after the second miss where he is clearly just frustrated with himself for missing, and then he fouls the guy who rebounded the ball. It's just those are critical mistakes um, at those sorts of moments. You can't – you got to maintain your composure. Um, and th- that's the stuff that happens, again, in a in a raucous road environment. Um, you're going to make uh, mistakes of focus um, because you're taken out of it a little bit. Um, but uh, it was I, – I think it was – it was an encouraging game in many ways because they, in the first half, it felt like, kind of like what happened with Gonzaga, where UCLA was just getting um, annihilated, just getting uh, run off the court by a team that had length and athleticism superiority. Um, but then in the second half, it looked much more like the UCLA we've come to see. In, in, in a sense, we got, we got uh, the November version of UCLA in the first half, which I don't think was bad, but it wasn't. Uh, this and then in the second half we got the january february version of ucla um and it makes me intrigued by what could if assuming everyone gets healthy which you know i think this game also showed that jalen clark's return i think is critical because um the bench provided very very little and at least when clark is on the floor you know you're getting rebounding and you know you're getting defense um and you're going to get competent play you're not going to get mistakes um Besides, you know, the occasional missed shot. Um, But uh, this gave me, if, you know, if UCLA can round into form health-wise, gave me hope for a potential Gonzaga rematch. Because I know the argument that Arizona is not quite the same, but they do have similar qualities. There's a similar athleticism, similar um, length, um, and, I mean, similar enough style of play. And UCLA was able to take them out of it in the second half. Now, obviously, Gonzaga has uh, Mark Few. It has uh, the experience. It has that built-in mentality of a champion where they've got the they've got the reps that Arizona doesn't have. Um, but from just a matchup on matchup perspective, this one gave me a little bit more optimism about UCLA uh, taking them on again potentially if that happens in the NCAA tournament. So, weird thing to say after a road game where UCLA lost by ten, but um we kind of saw the dichotomy we saw what it looks like when they don't play with intensity and then we see in the second half what it looks like when they do play with intensity and i'm sure that's something cronin would show them um look this is we're going to be down by 17 if we play like that again against a team like this and a team like this is gonzaga but we can absolutely play with a team like this if we play with the intensity we played with in the second half um and i think that's a an easy message to sell after a game like this. I, honestly, I think this game is a very good teaching tool for Cronin. Um, obviously you would have loved for everything to be locked in after um, last week. Um, and I don't even know that it isn't right now. It's just, um, you know, sometimes it can be a, a different beast on the road. Um, so anyway, it was a, I thought it was a frustrating game in some ways, but I think it was, um, you know, all things considered, not a horrible um, result or a horrible, um, you know, a back a step back for UCLA. It, it wasn't. It, um, it showed some things, and I think it showed this team, you know, another humbling moment isn't the worst thing for a team that looked like it was uh, completely firing on all cylinders. Maybe this uh, gets them to even another gear, which would be something to see. Um, so what it means, uh, this game, uh, I think... So the reality is that UCLA is going to be in a dogfight uh, for the Pac-12 conference. Uh, right now, uh, Arizona has one loss. UCLA has two. Uh, Arizona's situation is remaining schedule. They've got to go at Washington State, which is a challenge. At Washington, which is suddenly not looking like a complete gimme. Um, And then the remaining road game besides that is the mountain trip. Now, if you're looking at all of that um, and they still have USC tomorrow, I mean, USC looks like it's dead in the water right now. But who knows? They could always summon the uh, the will to play well in a big game. Um, There's at least one loss in there, maybe two. Um, I mean, Arizona looks good, but they're not um, they're not like complete world beaters. And Washington State, uh, they defend um, and playing that in the on the road, that's going to be a big game atmosphere. More more than likely, um, that could be tough. Um, so I think there's at least one, maybe two losses here for UCLA to win the conference. They're going to have to uh, m- m- probably win out. Um, it's just it's going to be uh, it's going to be challenging. I mean, the beauty of it for UCLA is they don't have to play Washington State on the road. The drawback is they have USC twice. Arizona, I don't think, has rescheduled its other USC game yet. Um, so UCLA has to play USC twice, um, and that will be challenging because USC always gets really up for that game. And they have to play Washington State at home and Oregon on the road. Um, so there's a probably a little bit more challenging slate remaining for UCLA than there is for Arizona. Um, so... I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's absolutely possible for UCLA to win the regular season title. I think right now I would say they're probably going to finish second, which isn't the end of the world. Um, And here's why. So Gonzaga right now is um, the favorite to be the one seed in the West. Um, They have some challenging games coming up. Um, If you haven't been paying attention uh, to the WCC this year, there's some real teams at the tops at the top of the uh, WCC. So St. Mary's is really good this year. Uh, San Francisco is quite good this year, and BYU is uh, gonna be challenging. They've 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 taken some losses that they probably shouldn't have, um, but that's a that's a real team, um, and they have to play. So it's at BYU tomorrow, and then they get St. Mary's twice, uh, home and away. Uh, And they have San Francisco away um, over the next month. Uh, They could absolutely lose one or two of those. Um, Now, is it super likely? I mean, they blew out BYU when they played them at home. And uh, they blew out San Francisco when they played them at home. But, uh, you know, it's a different beast, again, playing on the road. So um, Gonzaga could still take a loss. If they take a loss, then it opens up a lot more possibility. Um, If UCLA wins out or Arizona wins out, they could probably take the one seed from Gonzaga uh, just because the strength of schedule and and all that will play into it. Um, But I think right now you can probably pencil in Gonzaga as the number one seed in the West. And then it's between UCLA and Arizona for either a one seed out of region or the two seed in the West. Um, So at this point, it almost behooves UCLA to root for Arizona to win out get shipped to like the Midwest as the one seed and then UCLA to slide in as the two seed in the West by, you know, winning out on its own. Sure. Or, um, you know, taking like tops, one more loss or two more losses. Um, that might be the best path, uh, for UCLA. It gets really wonky and strategic and probably stupid to even analyze it in that way. Cause there's still a lot of season left to play. Um, but this wasn't, um, I don't think this was a devastating loss for what would be strategically the best seed for UCLA. Um which I think is right now realistically the two seed in the West. Um the uh the upshot of winning this thing might have been if you continue to win and, and put up, you know, some good results against some very good teams, maybe you get the one seed in the West. Um but Gonzaga with the head to head win over UCLA and likely um, you know, no more than one more loss, uh might just have a stranglehold on it. So not the worst result uh from a seeding perspective, probably not the worst result um from a motivating the team standpoint. Uh the one unfortunate thing is it does put UCLA a little bit behind in terms of the conference race. It will be challenging to win the conference at this rate um because of I think the relative schedules remaining. But if we if we see the UCLA um, over the next month that we saw last week and saw in the second half against Arizona, I mean, there's few teams that can hang with that. Um, so I mean, if they can bring that level of intensity for the remainder of the regular season, then yeah, I mean, they will, uh, they will finish with two losses, but you know, how realistic is that that they can continue to bring that in every game, which includes, uh, well, ASU tomorrow, but Oregon state, um, Uh, You know, uh, Washington at home. Are they going to be super motivated for that one? Like, and it's not to say they're going to lose these ones, but are they going to dominate them? Um, So anyway, uh, that was, uh, you know, not the end of the world. Um, I would note, again, even with the loss, um, UCLA uh, turnover rate is insane. Uh, In that game, I think they finished with eight total turnovers um in a game where again tiger campbell didn't play well and was completely like flummoxed by what they were doing to him uh he still didn't turn the ball over um and really it was uh johnny juzang um looking a little bit out of rhythm a little bit out of sorts with the offense um he threw the ball away a few times um and then had the or threw the ball away twice and then had that little chicken wing where he um uh fouled uh the defender Um, but aside from that, I mean, UCLA was remarkably clean, um, taking care of the ball. Um, and, uh, they forced quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, the elite quality of UCLA is still there. Um, I think in this one, it was just a matter of, uh, uh, frankly, Arizona's defensive intensity preventing UCLA from having a good shooting night. Um, and you know, that's sometimes just the way it goes. So anywho uh UCLA uh is uh is very good and Arizona is very good and that's uh and that's fine um from uh another angle, uh Tracy posted a great recruiting update about 2023 um the big class that is coming um obviously with with what looks likely uh UCLA is going to have a ton of scholarships to give so read that entire story um for the uh 2023-2024 basketball season like right now if you if you're really analyzing what's left for that season it's going to be like dylan andrews will mcclendon jalen clark potentially uh adem bona and mac etienne um which uh that's five guys so they're gonna have a lot of uh of uh, of scholarships to give, so read that whole thing. Uh, I do want to touch on the Mac Etienne thing, um, just from a uh, 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 I don't know uh, 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 kind of gawking at it perspective. Uh, obviously, uh, you you can't be spitting at people um, in um, that sort of way. Um, we well, really shouldn't spit at anybody. Um, the The hubbub about it is, I think, somewhat ridiculous um so you know obviously i'm sure there's going to be some level of uh internal uh punishment of some sort but i think a lot of the hot talk um from arizona people after that game was you know come on it's 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 the sort of thing that happens um in uh those sorts of environments and um it's not great kids should probably be punished um but is it you know something that's worthy of you know, being arrested or detained—I don't know, man—and um, it sounds like he wasn't. Um, it sounds like it was, uh, you know, uh, cited for an infraction of some sort. Anyway, um, you know, silly stuff. I'm sure Cronin's going to address it, um, but uh, that seemed like a—you know—there's, there's. Here's what I'll say: is like as a, as a, as an appreciator of, um, you know, uh, trolling, and um, talking crap. I love kind of everything that uh transpired over the last like week with this rivalry because um you know it's better when both when both teams are pretty good and both fan bases are kind of getting after each other a little bit it sucks that this happened um but i love the care creesa thing so crease is perfect he is the perfect villain in this rivalry right because he's he's really obnoxious to watch on the court right um and he's not really good like, it's one thing if you're really obnoxious on the court and you're good, that's that's infuriating. But he's not really good. He's just okay. Um, and he's really obnoxious. So he's perfect. And what he tweeted out last night in response to the uh, tweet of the Tiger Campbell uh, gif uh, where he's saying, f him, f him," that was beautiful. That was beautiful stuff. More of that, less of the spitting um, and less of the arresting people for spitting or detaining them or inciting them or whatever it is. So anyway, um, that's about all I have. Uh, Sorry for the quick show. Um, We will be back again next week with a much longer show with Tracy um, discussing uh, basketball, um, football, um, and all of the good stuff, ins and outs of UCLA. So thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you again next time.